well, well. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins. Hey, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors we're going to talk about throughout the show, Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. So we have um, a studio filled with knowledge and wisdom, and we are getting ready to share um, some of that knowledge and wisdom. Before I get to my guests, though, recap last week. Last week we had Missouri State University cheer on. Coach William Thomas was here, Colton Peeper was here, and Caitlin Johnson. So if you want to listen to that show, you can go to a coachesperspective.com. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Verbal, or Helium Satellite Radio. All right, so we all know there's a spike in NFL viewership, partly due to a certain performer. All right, with this new viewership, we thought that it would be a good idea to maybe discuss a little football 101 so that they can get to know the sport that they are now viewing. And we also think it's only fair if um, we have our our students that are going to learn about football that they share their knowledge on that certain performer. All right, so to get to our football experts, I have one of my favorite guests that I love having on the show. Um, he always does a tremendous job, so no pressure tonight. But we have our, our favorite NFL official, Hall of Famer Larry Nimmers. Welcome to the show. Jenny, it's always a pleasure to be on your show. I am excited to have you share your wisdom tonight on this sport. But before you do, I, I want to know, like, we're sharing kind of what, you know, our love is about these games. And then they're going to talk a little bit about what they love about that performer. So what is it about football that you have always loved? The national anthem, for one. Um, I was fortunate enough to hear Whitney Houston. I stood in the sideline at that time when I refereed that game to hear her sing it. And I got to hear her practice it five times the day before. Oh, my So uh, um, I love music. I love love country music and and, – Taylor can do it all. Yeah, she really can. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. This is great. <laughs> that's right. You're going to be a good student, right? On, oh, absolutely. On, and you're going to be a good teacher. I'm, that's why I have notes. Right? <laughs> Fantastic. All right, so I also want to welcome uh, one of my, in my opinion, one of the best football minds because I have picked his brain several times when it comes to the sport of football. He's a highly decorated former player from Missouri State University and former coach Ryan Tui, um, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, we, we've worked together for a long time. You know, this is a game that, that means a lot to you. Um, tell me a little bit, you know, why why is it that you love football? I think uh, one of the things that I fell in love with early on in the game was, like, the camaraderie that you gain when you're playing with other people. Um, it is a true team sport. If if there's a weak link, it gets exposed, and, and the machine does not run very well. So, um, you know, you talk about blood, sweat, and tears. You really go through with, with a group of people. And when you do that with folks, you, you really develop a bond. And, and that's probably one of the greatest things about the sport, in my opinion. I think that's uh, well said, well said. All right, so we're going to talk football 101, but we're also going to talk about a certain performer, Taylor Swift. And she has elevated uh, the viewership in a tremendous way. And so uh, I want to introduce our Taylor Swift experts tonight. Um, I'm very excited to have high school seniors Olivia Swisshelm. Um, welcome to the show. We're glad that you're here. Thank you for having me. 
And and tell me a little bit, what is it that, that you love about Taylor Swift? Why are you such a big fan of hers? So I really first got introduced to her when I went to one of her concerts when I was really little. And ever since then, I've just always enjoyed her music. And she is really interactive with her fans. And that's something that I think a lot of people enjoy. That's a great, great answer. Great answer. Well, we also have another high school senior. Isabella Garcia is here. Isabella, what is it that you love about Taylor Swift and, and why that why she is such a um, such an influence on you? Um, kind of like what Olivia said, I've been a fan of her for a really long time. When I was younger, I got her album 1989. I downloaded it on iTunes on my iPod Touch, and ever since <laughs> then, I've just kept following up with her music. So I just really like her like lyricism, and it just makes me happy. Well, I can tell you, um, I went to the Eris um, show in the theaters the other day. My my daughter Haley Joe is is back in the country. I've talked about her on the show, and she is now back. And she took me to that, and it kind of inspired. Uh, me to do this show because I think there is a lot, um, a lot of uh, Taylor Swift fans that are now watching football, and and so you're going to get to learn a little bit about a football, and you're going to get to share some knowledge on on Taylor. So are you guys ready? You got paper and pen ready to go? Oh, we're so ready. <laughs> Bring it on, right? Bring it on. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so um, one of the things I want to start off with is let's just get as basic as we possibly can. So Ryan, I'm going to start off with you. What's the objective of football, and and just you know the number of players on each side. How many quarters do they play? And, and what is that? What is the goal of football? 101, uh, there's four quarters in the game. There's 11 players on offense. There's 11 players on defense. The objective is to take this oblong ball and move it down the field, whether you're throwing it or running it, and um, cross the goal line and score points. Score more points than the other team. Or don't let the other team score more points than you. They don't score. They can't win. <laughs> That's right. Very good. All right, so Larry, let's talk about um, the line of scrimmage. What is the line of scrimmage? The line of scrimmage um, is where most of your large people form, <laughs> and, uh, and and there's usually seven. Uh, five, two on the end of the line are usually some of your fastest guys, and the five in the middle are your meanest guys and usually your biggest guys. There you go. So there, those are your linemen. So you have there are chains over on the side, right? That kind of follow along. That what what is the point of the chains, um, and what and explain um, downs and what it means like first down and okay. Um, the object of the game is to move this oblong football ball <laughs> uh, ten yards so that you get another four downs. You get four downs to move it ten yards. That chain you're talking about is on the sideline, which measures the ten yards. And once you get 10 yards, you get another four downs to go 10 more yards to go to the end, which Ryan says is the touchdown, the end of the field. Very good. And you want to move that oblong football to the end of the field. That's the object. So that's pretty basic stuff, right? Um, So let let me talk to Isabella and Olivia. That's stuff that you probably had a good grasp on, um, correct? Or do you have any follow-up questions? I don't have any follow-up questions about that. I mean, it's pretty basic stuff. That's pretty basic stuff. This is easy stuff. Yeah, I feel like I've got that part down. Okay, good. Good. All right, we got the foundation. We got the foundation. All right, so we'll get a little deeper as the show goes, all right? So we'll get a little bit deeper. Um, But before we take our first break, I said that we're also going to share some Taylor Swift 101. So, Isabella, give us a fun fact that you can share with our football experts. Okay, 
My first fun fact was that Taylor has three cats. Their names are Meredith Gray, Olivia Benson, and Benjamin Button, and one of them is in her Me music video. So are they dogs or cats? They are cats. cats. Okay. And she loves cats. She talks about it in, like, so many of her interviews. <laughs> All right. There we go. Olivia, share one of your fun facts. Um, so I think that a lot of people all like have their own favorite numbers, and Taylor Swift has her own favorite number of 13, and this is because she was born on the 13th and turned 13 on Friday the 13th, and her first album went gold in 13 weeks, and her first song that ever went number one had a 13-second intro. Cool fact. That is a cool fact. Oh, my goodness. Hey, I did not know that. Um, <laughs> that is good. I knew her favorite number was 13, but I never knew why. So that is fantastic. All right. Lots of knowledge going on here. I hope our producer, Logan Weber, can keep up with all of this knowledge. He's busy writing down a lot of these facts. Yeah, doing my best over here. That's right. That's right. All right. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get dive a little deeper into football, and we'll learn a little bit more about Taylor Swift. All right. Back with Larry Nimmers and Ryan Tui, Olivia Swisshelm, and Isabella Garcia. Thanks again to Great Southern Bank for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. They're owned by Dairy Farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. It's a proven fact. Scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk, and Highland Dairy has the best-tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. All right, we have Larry Nimmers here, Ryan Tui, Olivia Swisshelm, and Isabella Garcia. We're talking a little football 101, and we're talking a little Taylor Swift 101 as well. Um, and, you know, this is radio, so you can't see me, but I actually have a Travis Kelsey jersey on, just randomly, right? Randomly having this Travis Kelsey. I bought this back in the summer. I want to be real clear on that. Um, I've been a, a fan of... Of him, I think he he does a tremendous job, and so I'm I'm a true blue fan. I didn't buy it, and you know after that, um, but I I wanted to you know thank my Taylor Swift experts for being here. Um, I also want to thank Cynthia Sharp who helped me find one of my Taylor Swift experts, and I had already asked Larry and Ryan to be here um, when I got a message from her saying yes, Olivia Swisshelm is is available and she will be there. Blew my mind because Olivia is the niece of Ryan Tui that is here. So she had no idea he was going to be on here. This is a small world. And so um, it's kind of nice to share a microphone and a studio, Olivia, with your uncle, correct? Yeah, it's been pretty fun so far. Yes. Did you know what a big deal he was in the football world? I knew a little bit about it, but I guess I guess he's a more big of a deal than I thought. Right. There we go. Okay. Ryan, write your check later. <laughs> so some black and white photos, I think. Okay. Like a true family member. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right, so I'm excited to have this panel here tonight, and um, I want to go into uh, now about some positions, all right? So we talked basic of basics last segment. So let's talk offensive positions. Ryan, I want you to talk a little bit about offensive positions um, and, and talk about what some of those responsibilities are. You were an offensive mm-hmm. lineman, so tell me what, what were some of the jobs that, that you had to do. So the offensive linemen are basically responsible, have two responsibilities, protect the quarterback, 
when he's trying to throw the ball and then block for the running back when he's running. So um, there are the most important players on the field, for sure, um, despite what quarterbacks get paid and running backs <laughs> get paid. The offensive linemen are the most important and usually the smartest guys on the field. And that's probably, there's probably some truth to that. You know what? I so. would totally agree with that. My, my brother was, he was a two-year All-State offensive lineman. And uh, we've, we've often talked about how important the offensive line is and how that is a critical part of the game. The most critical. Yes. So. You, you all remember that. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, offensive lineman block for the running back. The running back, as the name kind of describes, runs the ball. So the quarterback will turn around and hand the ball to the running back. And his job is to try to maneuver his way through the defense and, and matriculate down the field. And and um, and then the quarterback uh, is, is kind of the leader on the field. He sees everything, has to know everything. Has to know where the where the linemen are blocking. Has to know where the running back is going. Have to has to know where every receiver is going. So, in all honesty, the quarterbacks do have probably the greatest responsibility on the field. But uh, they can throw the ball. They can run the ball. Um, uh, so, it, it, more recently, I feel like the quarterback has become a, a more uh, you know dual threat is kind of a word that you hear. Um, and so, they love quarterbacks. There are a lot of people like, are liking quarterbacks that can run and throw. Um, and then the receivers, there's wide receivers and there's tight ends. Um, to kind of keep it simple, the tight end is kind of a hybrid lineman receiver, and the wide receivers are usually the, the super fast guys that uh, get out wide and try to stretch the field and, and, and make the big plays. And the, and the, the um, Odell Beckhams or you got Moss, you know, Randy Moss and Odell Beckham are kind of two famous ones that, uh, that everybody's heard of. So Excellent. Um, and, there, and there's another receiver that, that a lot of fans have heard of. Travis Kelsey. Right. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So let me let me ask this about that. I want to ask go back to the offensive line too. Um, but one of the responsibilities too. I mean, they have to know a lot of what the objective is of every single play so that they can get the right angle down. They have the right footwork down. Um, so tell me, what is the secret with a running back um, exploding through that line? They get this tiny little window, and they've got to be able to explode through that. So sometimes, you know, you you hear about uh, you know offense linemen and, and getting pancake blocks and running people over, and you know that's all well and good. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's what linemen love to do. But to be honest with you, sometimes just being in the right position, especially as you get into the NFL. Um, I had a friend that played offensive line in the NFL, and he was like, Ryan, it's so much easier to block. He was an offensive lineman to block in the NFL than it was in college because the running backs are so good at setting up the blocks. And what he means by that is that he just has to get in the right position, and then the running back will set the defender up so that the only way he can tackle him is to go through the offensive lineman, which is obviously very challenging. So, um, so sometimes, you know, position is more important than punch is kind of what we used to say. Um, so, you know, they, they, they do have a big responsibility of getting on the right people, but then the running backs do a great job of, of making the offensive lineman look good. You know, Jenny, I think a good question to ask Ryan would be, uh, give an example of a play call that the quarterback calls in the huddle and what, um, and what all the linemen and ends and running backs all have to take these numbers and letters and, and know what they have to do. Give an example of a quarterback calling a play in the model. So, so, you know, a quarterback's going to come up, you know, come into the huddle and he's going to say, uh, you know, uh, trips, right. You know, Z motion, uh, you know, 38 sweep or something like that. And it's going to be, and that's going to tell the wide receivers where to line up. It's going to tell 
the 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 lineman which direction the play is going. Um, it's going to tell the running back which hole he needs to be running into, um, and it tells the quarterback you know what which way he's going to you know reverse out or or turn out of of after receiving the snap from the from the center. So. Um, you know that's that's actually very basic. If you listen to to NFL you know play calls, it is super complex, and there is a ton of information. And sometimes it depends on what defense they're looking at. You know whether or not they've changed the play, or there's some nuance to the play that that uh, that comes into action. You know once they line up and snap the ball. And explain an audible. An audible is when the the quarterback gets up to the line and um, sees a defense that. They've they've chosen a play that is going to be challenging to run against the defense, and they know of a play that's better. And so the the quarterback will has some sort of you know verbal command that he says, and it just sounds like the rest of the talk that he is doing prior to the snap, so that the defense doesn't know. Oh, he's changing the play, and he's changing it to this. So he will change it to a play that is better, better suited to to run against the defense that they're facing. So I love that, and I think the best of the best are are. I'm really good at calling the audibles. Oh, yeah. So you'll you'll see. I mean, the 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 Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the you know the guys that you know to throw a name in there. Jeremy Hogue was our quarterback when I was in college, and by the time we were seniors, we would walk up to the. He would just get in the huddle and be like on the line, and we just walk up to the line, and he'd stand there and look at the defense, and then he would call the play from the line. I mean, he was like a coach on the field. I mean, the coaches trusted him that much to to do that, and and so did the you know all these quarterbacks that are you know the best of the best in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. Those, yeah. one of those. I'm old. I, I, think right? of the old, I think of the old guys. <laughs> Joe Montana. <laughs> yeah, you want exactly. to make <laughs> Joe Namath was amazing. Right. Some prejudice at this. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> um, but they really are. And and I'm glad you brought up Joe Namath. I mean, that was a teammate of my father's. And I always really um, admired the way he played. I thought that he probably was one of the best at reading the defense. Um, he did such a tremendous job of that. And he was he was a good leader um, for the New York Jets in Super Bowl three. That's been a while. And that was the... That's been a while. <laughs> Baltimore Colts? Baltimore Colts, yeah. And who was heavily favored they, in that game? Oh, the Baltimore Colts. And he had the press conference and guaranteed victory. Uh, you got to love a leader with that much confidence. Um, so so let's um, let's go to the, the defensive side um, of the game. Tell me, uh, Larry, let's talk a little bit about the defensive positions. Um, well, the defensive positions, you're, usually you have four or five guys on the line of scrimmage, and they're usually... In high school, they're probably 180, 185, 190, 200 pounds. In uh, college, they're probably 260 or 270 pounds. And in the NFL, they're all over 300. Uh, And they spread themselves out. And then there's the linebackers behind them, and there's usually four or five, depending upon the defenses. And those guys might be the meanest guys on the field <laughs> yeah. uh, because when they catch you, they can beat you up pretty bad. Um, and and then there's the, the backs. There's at least two, sometimes three, sometimes four, and this all depends upon the, uh, the offensive team. But they are your fastest players on the team and the quickest, and they are some of your best tacklers. So you got your cornerbacks. Those are the safety. quarterbacks and the yes. And then the linebackers are the mean ones. Right. And I had a, co- a football coach one time on here. Says I When I asked him what he recruits in, in a linebacker, he says, I like someone that's got a little screw loose. <laughs> you know, someone that's just a little I'm bit I'm going to tell you a story about a famous football coach that coached at Southern California. And I was at a clinic when I was in high school, coach, or I college, and I was coaching a little bit. 
and he went to the chalkboard. We used to call them chalkboards. Chalkboards, yeah. yeah. And That's he drew one great squirrels. big circle, and and then next to that big circle, he drew a little one because he was asked what, how do you recruit players? And he and they looked at the big one. And he put a dot in the middle, and he says, "I get as many of these as I can." There you go. That's good. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. That's a great way to say it. Excellent. Um, and you know, the other or what other team that we talked about is special teams. All right. Ryan, tell us about special teams. What does special teams mean? Special teams is any time that the offense isn't running an offensive play. So when they're punting the ball or the kickoff at the beginning of the game, um, there's the kickoff return team, the kickoff team, the punt return team, the punt team. The PAT field goal team, so when field goals are being kicked. PAT. Um, what is that, girls? Do you know what that is? PAT? I do not. Point, Point. after touchdown. There we go. Yeah. Very good. So. Now you know it. Yep. Yeah. And then field goals, obviously, the three-point field goal. So. Very good. All right, so how'd they do on offense, defense, and special teams? You guys uh, rock solid on all of that? Um, oh, I mean, you know, I'm definitely getting there. I <laughs> yeah. When you were talking about... I think I followed it mostly when you were talking about the calls the quarterback makes, the Z and the 38. I think right. you kind of lost me there, but <laughs> maybe it'll make a little bit more sense as we keep going. So you always hear the quarterback yelling, right? Right before he takes takes the hike, right? You always hear him yelling something out. That's letting his teammates know the play that they're going to run. Um, and, and those were um, just random plays that he probably ran in college, okay. right? Uh, yeah, that would guess. Correct, yeah. yeah. And sometimes the snap count isn't necessarily the play they're going to run. That's just a, a cadence that he is saying so that the offense has the advantage over the defense of knowing when the ball is going to be snapped. Because no one can move, per se. No one can move until the ball snapped. So uh, the defense can't come across the line until the ball snapped. The offense can't really move forward until the ball is snapped. So, um so it's just letting them know. Sometimes it is calling the play if it's an audible of some sort. But a lot of times the play is called in the huddle, and, and then the cadence is just what the quarterback says to get the ball in play. Perfect. Perfect. All right, and real quick, let's give a shout-out to your former teammate that was in the NFL. Jason. Oh, Jason Whittle. So, Jason, if you're listening, uh, we miss you down in Springfield. Come see us sometime. Uh, he, he's up at Lake of the Ozarks where he grew up in Camdenton. So. Fantastic. All right, it's time for some Taylor Swift 101. Isabella, would you like to go first on your fun fact? They're sure. ready to take notes. Okay. So this doesn't really have to do directly with Taylor herself, but um, I just thought it was interesting. There's a college in New York, and um, they teach a course there that you can take, and it's over, like, the lyrics of her songs and, like, the symbolism and stuff that's in it. So I just what? thought that was cool. That is incredible. That is incredible. Because really what, I mean, she is, she's a very talented performer, yes, but she's really known for her songwriting. No, yeah, I, that's one of the reasons that I really like her music is like just like the way she's able to talk about things. I've honestly learned so many big words from listening to her music, so good right. for her. You yeah. know, an interesting fact on Taylor Swift is she just became a billionaire. I think I told you that's that. That's right. And one of the reasons that she's so famous and wealthy is she writes her words, she writes her music, and she sings it. So she doesn't usually have to pay a whole bunch of people to write the notes, to write the words, because she's collaborating with other other people. Uh, so when all that dollar signs come in, right. she's getting it for writing, for that's true. singing, and that's true. 
oh and writing goodness. the notes. That'd be like playing offense and defense, right? And getting oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and remember when we used to do that. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, Olivia, you've got a fun fact for us. Yeah, I do. My fun fact was just stolen, actually. I was going to mention that she just became a billionaire, but I got, I got a <laughs> I got. I am you stole it. You were on it. Um, I got a backup one, though. She was the first female artist to win a Grammy for Album of the Year twice for her solo work. Oh, so very good. Very good. All right. That's a good fun fact. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we're, we're going to keep rolling. We're going to continue to learn um, about football, and we're going to continue to learn about Taylor Swift. And I want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back with Larry Nimmers and Ryan Tui and Olivia Swisshelm and Isabella Garcia. This is Jenny Hopkins on A Coach's Perspective. Well, welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford. They are located in Bolivar, Missouri, and they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, and they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years. Give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you. Give them a call at 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Go to westlogging.com, contact Danny West. For a free consultation, he'll treat your land like his own. And we also want to thank Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. All right, so we're back with Larry Nimmers and Ryan Tui, a.k.a. my football experts. And we have Olivia Swisshelm and Isabella Garcia, a.k.a. my Taylor Swift ex- experts. Um, we're talking a little one-on-one on each of those. And so um, you know, how are they doing? How are they doing? Olivia and Isabella, how, how, how are my experts doing? I think they're doing good right now. I'm following along Excellent. pretty well. Excellent. Right now. All right. Yeah, I'm feeling like, I feel like your little explanations are making sense. So maybe now after this, I can go home and watch football and it'll make more sense to me. There you go. Perfect. Okay. Well, we're going to, we're going to talk, um, we're going to talk rules. Um, Cause you know, you hear a lot of, you know, you see a lot of calls a lot of times when, um, when Larry was calling, you know, he would be talking to America. <laughs> He'll be talking and he would be, call- if there's a flag on the play, he's, he is letting them know what the call is. So let's talk about some of those things that you used to call. First of all, what is a pass interference? A pass interference is when the defensive player cheats. He, uh, <laughs> while the ball is in the air, he hits the receiver early before, uh, before the ball gets there. Or he, he may hold him while the ball is in the air. Technically, they can't touch each other, but in... In reality, when you're running down the field, you're going to have elbows hit each other and arms and things. And, and unless there's an advantage gain, there should be no call. Okay, what do you what do you look for when you're run, when you see um, that happening? What is it that is like? Uh, oh, that's pass interference. Do you gain an advantage by what you did? Did I pull his arm down? Did I pull his jersey to stop his movement? Uh, did I hit him before the ball got there? Those are just Taken advantage of. Those are the easy pass interference. Right. Those are easy. All right. uh, What's offsides? Offsides is just when a player tries to anticipate when the ball is going to be snapped or hiked and he misjudges his guess and gets into this neutral zone, which is 
the size of the football, and both teams have to be on each side of that. And he infringes in that area. All right. So remember, they talked about the snap, right? So there we go. That's uh, face masking. What about that? Face masking is when you, um, obviously with a helmet, they have to protect the face, especially the nose um, and mouth. And uh, that protects them. And if you grab that, uh, you really put a player at a disadvantage because his head is shaken back and forth or pulled down. And, and uh, it puts you at a little disadvantage. Definitely. All right. Unsportsmanlike contact. Uh, that would be when you uh, take yourself and you become a mean person and you <laughs> swear at the other player or you push him after the play is over or you hit him late, things that are not fair to the game. Um, and not very many players do that. And sometimes when you're hurrying or hustling, uh, you don't hear the whistle or something like that, and you do something you shouldn't do after the play is over. So unsportsmanlike conduct, excuse me for saying contact earlier, um, is, have you ever thrown a flag for that? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct is just when you... Real quick, your top 10 you stories. No, you, uh, <laughs> you exhibit behavior that is unprofessional in any walk of life whether you're a teacher, a bricklayer, a garbage collector, right. or a lawyer. Kind of conduct. We don't need Absolutely. that. That's a yellow right. flag. You can, in other professions, you can get fined or fired. On the field, you just get a 15-yard penalty, or you may get thrown out of the game. Very good. All right, tell me something that, that Ryan Tui never did. What's holding? Holding? <laughs> uh, you know, holding is pretty obvious. You know, you're going to hold. In, in football, you can't, you're not supposed to be able to use your hands and grab the other player. Uh, in the NFL, if you're watching an NFL game, there's everybody says there's holding on every play. And there is, except that we do not call holding unless you gain an advantage while you're holding. If the plays run to your side and you're holding, then hopefully the officials see it and call it. But if there's holding and a guy grabs a jersey on the left side of the field and they're running to the right side of the field, I would hope the official would just warn the player afterwards. Okay, good deal. All right. And so when you call one of these, what do you throw on the ground? We throw. We have handkerchiefs that we carry in our pocket or our waistband. Uh, in the NFL, they're gold, and I think they're gold in college too now. They used to be red in high school, but... Uh, now they're, I think they're all pretty much gold. Cool. Yeah. And we carry it on our waistband, and we throw it when we see an infringement, a foul. Excellent. Okay, well, let me talk about um, if, let's say that there is a controversial play, um, and they, we need to go to the replay, which you're very familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit, like, what is the, what is the point when they say we're going to go to the replay and see? Well, on the, the sideline, there's a little television that's about 21 inches, and it's in this hooded um, thing, and we go in there to look at the play again. It's the same play you saw on TV, except that we're going to see that play, and, and depending upon the game, on the Monday night game, we might have 30 views of it, 30 different camera angles. In a regular game, there's only going to be like eight angles of it. Uh, so we're going to have at least eight different 
camera views of the play. And then hopefully we can correct or verify what, what they called on the field. All right. Great job. How did he do on the rules? I'm sure there's a lot more of them, but that were hitting kind of the highlights. No, I, this section, this made sense. Hopefully I just remember all the names of everything for this quiz at the end. So every time you see a gold handkerchief or flag on the play you, and you, and you hear what the call is, um, you get an idea what that is. Yeah, I didn't even know that that's what the handkerchief was for, to be honest. So I'm already <laughs> walking out of here with more than I knew when I came in. It's more like a warning to the coaches and the TV and the radio announcers that something went wrong. The play's going to be dead when it's over, and then somebody's going to explain why it's on the ground. There we go. All right. Um, okay, Ryan, we're going to talk a little strategy. But first of all, go ahead and, and verify that you never, you never, you never got a holding call against you, right? Never held. Never had a holding call. Never had a flag thrown against me As for any through any statement of any line in every play. <laughs> but there's holding on every play. Right. I mean, I I had to hold every play. Well, tell me, sure. how did you react when someone was holding you? Um, I, I guess you know in high school it's the last time I played defense. So um, I, I guess defensively, I mean they can kind of hold you and pull you and try to try to you know manipulate you so that they can run you know some sort of stunt and and a linebacker can get free or something but um you know the the same way that everybody does you don't like it and um you know sometimes you just have to you know get retribution on the next play you you know you just have to wait and if someone did something to you didn't like then you can take it out on them it's a great thing about football i mean you can do things on the field that you probably go to jail for so, and, and sportsmanlike conduct would never have been what you followed up. No, with. Of course not, between right? the whistles and yeah. and within the rules of the game. But a lot of those things are pretty violent. And you know, if you have that in you, then right. well, probably we, the only sport you can get even. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it does. And a lot of things, you know, I've, that I've heard from football players too is that um, my dad used to say this a lot. It's very therapeutic. Um, you know, you you get a lot of release by playing this game as well. I can imagine. I, I really, I like had no stress. I mean, in college, and it's like I, I don't think I was ever stressed out. And I, I attribute that to like the the workouts that we did and the and playing the game. I mean, I, I think it, there's something to it for sure. All right, so Olivia, at the next holiday, let's make sure you bring a um, you know a yellow flag or gold handkerchief in case that he has any unsportsmanlike oh, conduct. Yeah. I'll have one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> These potatoes are terrible. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little strategy. Explain, um, you know, like fourth and goal. Uh, why is that such an intense moment? Um, explain some of the, the strategy of fourth and goal. So fourth down and goal is the, as Larry described earlier, you have four plays to, to, to move the ball a certain distance. And if you're inside 10 yards, then it's first and goal, second and goal, fourth and goal means you have to score in order to, in order to, or you're going to turn the ball over on downs or kick a field goal. Anyway, so fourth and goal is like fourth down, uh, goal to go. You have to score. Um, if they don't kick a field goal, if they're running a play, then it's they either score a touchdown or the other team's going to get the ball. So that's why it's it's super intense, and usually it's close to the goal line, and the defense is super excited and pumped up, and the offense is trying to do it. So it really gets exciting when the defense makes a stop down on fourth and goal because it's 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 highly un, not highly unlikely. It's just. It's more challenging for the defense to stop the offense from moving a yard or two than it is the other way around. So, there we go. That's a good one. All right. What about why would someone want to fake a punt? Talk the strategy of that. So um, sometimes, uh, if you're in a situation where your offense is struggling and not moving the ball very well, um, you might fake a punt. So once again, it's fourth down. You have not moved the ball the ten yards that you uh, 
uh, are supposed to move it in order to get a new set of downs, a new set of four plays. Um, so then you have to punt the ball. And you line up, and you're like, oh, we're going to punt it, and you punt the ball down the field, and it changes possession. But on the snap of the ball, instead of punting it, you the, the punter throws it, or you snap it short to one of the, the, the players that's behind the, the, the center, and they may run it, and they try to to move the ball, whatever the remaining yards are on that fourth play, in order to get a new set of four plays, a new set of four downs. So um, it's usually a trick play. You try to do it when the other team's not expecting it, you know. Um, once again, it kind of, if your offense is struggling, I feel like that's when we would do it whenever we were playing. Offense is struggling and you're trying to kickstart your offense a little bit by, by kind of sneaking a new set of downs um, uh, from, the, from the opposing team. It's sneaky. It's sneaky. It's sneaky. If you're not sneaky, then it's not going to work. If you're real obvious about it, you're like, fake punt, yeah. then the other team knows and right, they're going to be ready for you. So The refs don't even know, right? Yeah. They, you just nope. got to keep up. Just play you it. got to keep up. Yeah. What about onside kicks? Onside kicks. I mean, some people say, and I'm one of them, I said it's the most exciting game or most exciting play in the game. So onside kick is when uh, the one team is kicking off. It could be the first play of the game. I've seen that happen where uh, the, the team that is kicking off to to the one team is kicks off to the other team when they're kicking off they they kick the ball short and they usually bounces around on the ground the ball has to travel 10 yards before the the team that kicked it can recover it but if it travels 10 yards and the team that kicked it recovers it then they get the ball right there wherever they recover the ball so um so it's it's super exciting once again sometimes everybody knows it's going to happen um, because it's like late in the game and the team needs to have the ball back. And so they, everybody knows and they have what's called a hands team. The team receiving the ball puts the guys with the best hands on, on the field. So that they're there because this ball's coming at you and it, that, that funky shaped ball will bounce any which way. And so these guys have got great hands and great reaction time. And so, um, they put those guys out there to, to catch the ball. And they also put some of the guys that, uh, Larry was talking about the crazy guys out there that are not afraid to hit. Because you're trying to stop the other team that's rushing down there to, to get the ball. Um, you're trying to stop them from, from doing that, from recovering it. So, All right, run down the points. The points. Uh, there is one point for an extra point after a touchdown. There is two points for a safety, which is kind of a complicated um, thing. But basically it's when the defense tackles the offensive team or stops the offensive team in their own end zone. So... Um, so you get two points for that. You tackle them in their own end zone. Um, three points for a field goal, and then six points for a touchdown. And then, you know, typically people say seven points. We scored a touchdown, we get seven points. Well, the point after touchdown we talked about earlier is the one point for the seven points. So There we go. Piece of cake, right? All right. Yeah. Very good. Do you have any follow-up questions for them, or are you ready to share more Taylor Swift facts? I think we're ready to share some more. Okay, so facts. tell us some. So wrap us up with with all that you brought that you haven't covered so far. You go ahead first, Olivia. Alrighty. So Taylor Swift actually grew up on a Christmas tree farm in Pennsylvania, but then she moved to Tennessee whenever she was fourteen to focus on her country music uh, career. So, oh, fourteen! Wow, mm-hmm. that's incredible. All right, Isabella. One of my little. Oh, one of my little facts actually has to do with that. It was just that she has a Christmas song called Christmas Tree Farm, and it's about growing up on a Christmas tree farm. And I feel like not many people who listen to her music know that, but I think it's really great, and it's almost Christmas. And then my other fun fact is that um, she just is, she's finishing up her air store, and she does 16 costume changes per show. What is the heiress tour about? So 
she she's released obviously a lot of albums and during covid she released i think three albums and she couldn't go on tour for them because of covid you know you nobody can be super close together and so afterwards she did the heiress tour which is just you know she performs songs from every single one of her albums and the concert is three hours long it's incredible and of course it's in theaters right now as well yes i just saw the movie very good okay is it good? Excellent. Yeah, it's it's really cool, especially if you didn't get to see her in concert. Then it's kind of, I mean, it's a similar experience. Um, which you have. You went to Arrowhead Stadium and got to see her in Kansas City. Yes, I did. It was it was amazing. I can't lie. It was Very a lot good. of fun. All right. Um, so we have uh, a little quiz. We're going to do this uh, as quickly and, and make sure that you all are paying attention. All right. So how many attempts do you get to get a first down in football? Four. Very good. How many points is a touchdown? Six points. Ooh, very good. See, that's kind of a trick question. Mm, that was points. a trick question. Nice good. job. Good how job, about, Olivia. How about a field goal? Three points. Excellent. <laughs> You're paying t- Okay, what's an audible? Oh, that's when, when the, the... You got it. Oh, yeah. I'll say this one because Olivia knows apparently every single other one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, love I love it. It's when the quarterback says a call for the team to do. That isn't what they discussed in the huddle. Dang. Very, very good. Well, and a good explanation. Yeah. yeah. And how many players are on offense and defense on each side? Eleven. Oh, and Mike. Okay, you guys are gonna top that? Holy moly. Yeah, round of applause yeah. there. Great job. Um, my Taylor Swift. Just uh, don't ask Ryan and I about Taylor right, you Swift. Can, and this yeah. is an open <laughs> notes quiz. Open notes quiz. All right. Um what what does the heiress tour mean? What does that mean? The heiress tour is the tour that she is currently on and is a a compilation of songs from the three albums she put out during COVID. And it's three mm-hmm. hours long. I'm going to go with the, what, C-plus on that <laughs> Well, yeah, I know that the, I know that the tour put her over a billion dollars. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's pretty close, actually. What, but, what did I miss up? But expand on that. It was a compilation of all of her albums, not just the three albums. During oh. The, she did during it during because of. I'd like to refer back to the tape. There we go. See how it is <laughs> See how Isabella explained that. Let's go to the replay. Um, what genre did she get her first start? Country. There you go. Here we go. Exactly. What's her favorite number? 13. What yeah. team did she support before Kansas City? Which they didn't cover, but they did say where she was from. Oh, Nashville? Oh, the Titans, nope. Tennessee where was Titans? She oh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh. She was a Pittsburgh yeah. fan. I actually. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia. There you go. Oh, Philadelphia. Okay. Philadelphia. Um, what's her favorite animal? Cats. Can you remember any um, bonus points if you can remember how many of these animals uh, or what, what one of their names is? Meredith Gray. There we go. Wow, all right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being here and sharing your Taylor Swift knowledge, your football knowledge. I want to thank Haley Joe Hopkins because she made you some gifts that you're walking away with, some friendship bracelets Thanks, uh, that are all personalized for that. So thank you so much. Um, but I want to thank Larry Nimmers, Ryan Tui. Thanks for sharing your knowledge. And Olivia Swisshelm and Isabella Garcia. We appreciate you all being on the show tonight. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yes. thanks for having us. All right, we're, you're going to take notes um, for my post-game talk, all right? So you get ready to make some tally marks. Um, I want uh, Olivia and Isabella, make sure you share the, a pen with them and make sure that they get this. We're going to move into our post-game talk, sponsored by Story Construction, high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to story, dot Next week, we're going to have Chief Paul Williams on. That's right, Chief Paul Williams because he is the head coach of the Springfield Police Department. And we're going to talk about some of the parallels of leading a program as a coach and what how he leads 
the law enforcement officers here in Springfield. So Chief Pauliums will be here next week. Um, so we're going to move into our post-game talk. Are you ready for it? Listen, we started um, our guests. were not a they were not a blank space, but hopefully learned enough that they are all more enchanted with the sport of football and the performer Taylor Swift. My football experts have a long love story with this game, and don't blame me, but I wanted them to share their knowledge so that there isn't any bad blood. So look what you made me do. I just knew all too well that this show would educate both and form a love story with this wonderful sport. If this is not your type of show, then shake it off and know that in your wildest dreams, you will not find a more interesting sports combination. So next Wednesday, you belong with me right here as we continue to explore sports from several perspectives with style. Take that, Mike Tirico. Thank you so much for listening tonight. This has been A Coach's Perspective, and I'm Jenny Hopkins.